Welcome to Dynamic Duos. I'm Tiffany Crivelli. All right, comic fans, this one's for you. Today, we're joined by Tom Taylor, writer behind the critically acclaimed series Nightwing, and Nicholas Scott, artist on Birds of Prey. As the current creative team behind DC's Titans, Tom and Nicola get into why the Titans mean so much to them, and roll back the curtain on their upcoming series. As a bonus, they divulge their own secret origins. It's Titans Together on this heroic episode of Dynamic Duos. Hi, Thomas. You. <laughs> good, hon. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I've been awake for 40 minutes. Oh, so totally. Yeah, uh, 45. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you had your coffee this morning? I've got, yeah, I've almost finished my coffee. I'm doing well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'm about halfway through my workday. Nice. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, after this, I'll be having some lunch and getting back to it. Yay. What are you working on? So, well, I'm currently working on uh, pages 6 to 11 of issue 2. Of? Of Titans, uh, our series together. Yeah. How super exciting. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of, I, I, uh, how I work sort of process-wise is um, start a fresh page each day and then I do like a, once I've done like a, a, a scene or a couple of scenes, you know, sort of a substantial chunk, I'll then go back and then finish off the pages that I've been working on. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm sort of going back, having started pages six to 11. I'm now going back and sort of filling in the bits that I haven't done yet. I'm working on currently right now, because I don't quite do it in order. Yeah. Um, I'm currently working on a fabulous reveal moment. which awesome. is. Very tender and, and lovely. Oh, nice. And once I've finished that, I'm moving on to, you didn't write it as a double-page spread, but I'm making it a double-page spread, so I've got the extra width sure. for page 10 and 11. I love that we, like, people don't know what we're talking about. It's just, this yeah, is, I know. I like, I like that we're starting <laughs> by talking about something we can't talk about. That's just great. Just fucking launching yeah. into the deep end of specifics. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing we can't talk about. We'll, we'll open with that. That'll be great. Really vague for everybody. Um, yeah, yeah no. I will say, like, issue two <laughs> opens up with a scene of, I can tell you, like, it's a flashback scene of the Titans in the past, and Nicola has drawn the absolute hell out of it. It's it's perfect. Nicola drawing old school Titans is just, is just a thing of beauty. It's great. Well, it was kind of really yeah. fun, too, because I don't know that we've seen all these specific characters yeah. together at the same time in the same era yeah. because it's really a moment that's taking place in the transition between the two sort of Titans groups really. Yeah, absolutely. From, from, from Teen Titans to New Teen Titans. Yeah, and, and, and everybody's there. It's, it's, it's yeah. Garth and it's, and it's Roy and, and everybody in our book and it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's everybody. Yeah, it's it's actually a lot of fun. So we should get more general, right? We should sort That's of right. <laughs> jump We're, all the way I back. Think I'm, I think I'm supposed to ask you about your origin you story. Oh, yeah, fine, right. yeah, right. All right, well. So, Nicholas Scott, where, where did you <laughs> my, get your love of comics? My and, love and, of comics. And, and how did you come to comic books? Well, mine didn't start as a love of comics. It started with a love of superheroes. Yeah. Um, you know, I just didn't have comics on my radar as a kid, you know, except for like Josie and the Pussycats and, you know, sort of Archie kind of stuff um, and Mad Magazine. But uh, I was deeply into superheroes because of the film and TV shows and the cartoons and, the you know, all that kind of business. 
it started with Linda Carter. It sort of ventured into, you know, the Superman movies and the Batman reruns and uh, Super Friends and Electra Woman and Dinah Girl and, you know, all of that stuff that was happening on TV in the 70s was kind of my gateway drug. And because I was already drawing, I would just draw all of those characters. And uh, I, I sort of didn't really, I think probably my first experience of comics just occurred to me the other day that I hadn't really mentioned this before, was when whoever it was released the Superpowers collection of action figures in the sort of early to mid-ish 80s and I started buying some of the characters. Uh, I didn't buy the whole lot because I didn't know who some of them were because I didn't read comic books, but I bought the Super Friends essentially and they came with little comic books. I don't think they were all drawn by uh, Jose Garcia Lopez, but all of the promotional art was was his work because it was around about the time that he was doing the style guide. And because of that, I ended up finding at like a um, used bookstore a, a sort of like a role-playing game that was DC Characters. And I bought it, you know, no one to play it with. And I had no intention of playing because I just didn't know how to do any of this kind of stuff. Sure. But I bought it because it had all of these sort of great art and, and collector cards. And it kind of told you how powerful it was. Like one of the lines in there I remember to this day was like uh, the, the strength level of Wonder Woman, which was however many points or whatever, was that she could essentially pick up and throw Mount Everest. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That's, that's a pretty, pretty significant power level. I'll take yeah, it. For sure. And it's like, you know, crazy random stuff like that. But it was kind of my introduction to comic book art. And, you know, obviously to this day, it's still used as the primary sort of promotional, um, you know, collector artists on T-shirt and mugs and caps and all this kind of stuff. All the Jose Garcia Lopez art it's so yeah, beautiful absolutely yeah i have the calendar of his art like from one year and it's just it's perfection right yeah. it's heaven it's heaven and yeah so that that was kind of my introduction to comics but you know comics themselves didn't really sort of ease into my mind until my late teens and that was sort of being introduced to dark knight returns and batman year one and george perez's wonder woman run um and uh, John Byrne's Superman run. And I would sort of dip in and out of those as I borrowed them from other people. But it sort of made an impression, but not enough to, for me to think that I could do this as a business, uh, as a career. It just hadn't occurred to me until much later on. How about you? What was your sort of intro into comics and or the characters? Well, I, it was the same as you really you are how you feel about wonder woman is how i feel about superman yeah, and right. like you have with linda carter i had with christopher reeve that i from the very moment i could think there was this guy came out the same year i was born and i believe this man could fly yeah just like the poster said just like the poster said and here was this person with all these incredible powers and he just wanted to help and i thought this was lovely and so i i, I remember walking down the street in blue jeans with op shop or what Americans would call thrift shop, like a Superman T-shirt and red, like, furry underpants over the top of my blue jeans and red <laughs> bubblegummers boots, like, proudly at the age of four, just like, yeah, this is who yeah, I am. I'm rocking it. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> That's and, so yeah, so I've been this huge Superman fan my entire life and 
then, you know, we did get some comics. My mum and I obviously didn't have much money. So comics were something we got from secondhand stores sometimes with mm. my dad or my grandma. Um, and I always promised myself when I grew up, like I promised kid Tom that when adult Tom grew up and got a job, he'd buy him comics. Oh, sweet. So, so this is, so I took that a little bit too far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I had no, this I'm moment. going to make comics and take over the industry. Totally, yeah. And I had this moment when I sort of became the writer of Superman when I was like, this is insane. Like, I'm yeah. this guy in Melbourne who, like, statistically, it would have been easier for me to become an astronaut. Yeah. Like, and, like, you know, statistically at that, that as a job, there's more people that do that than do what I'm currently doing right now as far as to be the writer of Superman. Uh, so that was like a pinch me moment. Um, hey, young Tom, it all worked out. Don't worry. You, yeah, you, could afford, you could afford something beyond your thrift shop Superman T-shirt that's faded and broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish you still had it. Um, right. It's kind of that wild, wild thing to sort of really have a deep childhood passionate love for a particular character, and then somewhere in your adult life, even once you've been working in the business for a while, and the goal of being able to contribute to their legacy is not actually unrealistic anymore. It's a it's a possibility that you can work towards. There's something kind of really emotionally overwhelming to find yourself doing it for real. Did yes. you find that? Oh, absolutely. Like, my first job was writing Star Wars. Yeah. My first job in comics was writing Star Wars. And I my remember- first real job was drawing Star Wars. It's crazy. Great it's intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intro into the business. I went from, I was a professional juggler. I was eating fire and juggling knives and all the rest of it. And I was working in schools, teaching circus skills and, and drama and, and writing to, to kids. And I got a job writing Star Wars. And I remember, like, driving my $600 car. That's how much my car cost. I remember when the front window <laughs> fell off of it. And I'm <laughs> Did driving you down the street. Uh, I can't remember. I remember water coming at me on the nullarbor and me going, oh, no, and windscreen wipers <laughs> not working anymore because oh, the, no. the window was falling forward. Anyway, um, and, yeah, and I'm punching the f- top of my car while driving along um, because I'm riding Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and these, again, these icons, yeah. these heroes I grew up with. <laughs> And it's it's bizarre what we do for a living. It really uh, is. You know? Yeah. Now, you know, from Superman and Batman and the Justice League and writing Spider-Man and X-Men for the, you know, for for Marvel and writing Star Wars. It's crazy. It's Even, crazy. You know, the, I got to write three issues of 2000 AD and that was one of those things I could oh, wow. have as a kid. Yeah. You know, that was something I did have because we had them in news agency. That's right. Um, yeah, so, well, there's something bashing in your background. There is. That's my neighbour in the garden. <laughs> oh, hello, neighbour in the garden. How are you doing? So, yeah, and then something. obviously, and now we get to, you know, launch the Titans with a new number one. I know. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, so it, yeah. it is one of those things where uh, there are certain characters that you have that sort of real nostalgic emotional connection to that is beyond your sort of adult learning of a character it's it's kind of ingrained in your bones and is Titans kind of part of that sort of small catalogue of, of characters that has that impact on you? It's one of those things that I think because I've seen them forever, like because of the Perez woman, you know, because they've always just been there. Yeah, right. And, and 
characters, there's certainly some characters that have just been part of me for ages, like obviously because, you know, I'm currently the writer of Nightwing and Nightwing has had a huge impact on me. Um, Wally especially. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff I read. Beast Boy I love. Like Beast Boy I absolutely love. And I think sitting down to write him for the first time and then seeing your art, like Beast Boy and Raven together, particularly the way that you draw them, it's it's just like, oh, I am falling in love with you in a different way now. Like you've grown up a bit and and this is the right time to be writing you. He's a really deeply lovable character, isn't he? He's super lovable. Yeah. I found that my sort of um, gateway into those characters, it kind of happened, uh, like I was saying before, with the um, role-playing game cards that sort of came out with these things. Yeah. Because every character had its own card. And because of Wonder Woman, I was, of course, very interested in Wonder Girl and I loved her outfit and the the sort of particular pose that she was in on her card was really sort of cute and action-y and she had a great outfit on. And, and also Dick Grayson um, because, you know, he's a character that for a lot of sort of generations of comic book readers, he's been a character that we've been the age of at some point. Yes. You know, because we've been we've been growing up with him even though, you know, he's he's taken uh, thir- uh 80 something years to uh, at, like age what 15 years maybe. Yep. <laughs> he's gone from 13 <laughs> to 27 or something, whatever he is now, 28. Um we've sort of been able to grow up with him. And so those two characters were kind of real um gateway to titans characters for me and at some point in time i can't remember what it was but i did actually read some uh new teen titans i think it was sort of part of the comics that was sort of around me on saturday afternoons when i'd finished my saturday job the 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 person that sort of introduced me to comics i think he was a reader of it and so i would sort of sticky beak and that sort of gave me some insight into um, you know, Starfire and Raven and Cyborg as team members long before I knew who the original uh, Titans members were. And so I've had that sort of nostalgia for them, even though I didn't sort of read enough to sort of fully understand their story arcs and their character um, interactions. Um, that was kind of the, the the big intro for me. And so when they have popped up, I've taken extra interest when they have sort of popped up in in my career. Yeah. I've taken sort of extra interest in them and sort of being able to properly deep dive. It's so different sort of having a character sort of guest in a title that you're doing or you're doing a fill-in story or an arc of a character. It's so different sort of approaching. uh, I, I don't know if it's the same for you as a writer, but I would presume that it, it, it's not quite the same as when you're actually on their book and you're properly getting to stamp your interpretation and deep dive into them. It's a, it's a totally different uh, emotional and creative headspace. And sort of really properly being able to do that with these characters is just delightful. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and, and just like you, you know, doing all these deep dives. And I think because I've read so many different titans books over the years yep. like from you know like like what phil did with technus imperative and and yeah right you know devin grayson's run and and what jeff johns was doing um 
you know, on those Titans books. And then the Outsiders as well when they were – so they've always been – they've always split the Titans in two, um, yeah. between two books, between Titans or New Titans or whatever in, in U52 and before that and Rebirth. And so I think finally getting these characters and sticking them in a book together again for the first time in probably decades. Yeah. Like that, what we're actually getting to do feels like, it, you know, it's an honour. It really, it really is. It's kind of shocking. Yeah. And I, I found – Starting this book, like I found when I worked on Wonder Woman Year One and when I worked on Superman in the New 52, it, it, any time I'm, I already have a really profound emotional connection to a character and then suddenly I'm drawing them, I find that I'm a little bit overwhelmed by my own anxiety maybe i don't know it like you know i can i can just launch into a character that i don't have a deep emotional connection to and yeah. feel like i you know between the writer and myself and all the time that we spend with them because you you know i really do spend a lot of time with each character because it takes a long time to do each page and you know i'm sort of really zooming in on their faces sometimes you get really familiar and comfortable with them and you grow to love characters that you didn't know that well previously. Yeah. But when you start on characters that you really love, that you haven't had the opportunity to really fully explore, I find myself going, oh, my God, how, how, do, how do I draw these people and yeah. have them live up to my idea of them in my head? You know, Superman's a, a character in particular that's sort of, I think a lot of artists have said he's the hardest character to get right. Because yeah. he's so archetypal, but so distinct, you know. You you veer m- millimetres in the wrong direction and suddenly he's Bruce Wayne or suddenly he's somebody else. He's just somebody else. Yeah. And nailing that sort of uh, classic look. And I, found, I find that for Dick Grayson. I find that for Donna. I find that for Starfire. Which is hilarious because you draw those three like – Perfectly, like the night we, you're you're Donna Troy, and like you instantly you drew that new costume for her, which is so classically inspired, but also so Nicholas Scott and so modern, and it's just perfection. Oh, and her face you. is beautiful, and like you could you could feel her soul through her face. It's the same <laughs> oh, with Dick. Um, it's yeah, it's beautiful. But there is something uh, intimidating about this book. I find the same thing. I found it every step of the way. Every like I'm really investigating all of the voices and trying to build on right. where they've come from. And I'm like, do they sound like how they should sound now in their mid to late 20s? You know, yeah. does this sound right? And I really, you know, it's like, oh, no, that that line should definitely go to that character. That's wrong for this character. And I really uh, spent a long time over this one, agonised over little little bits that I normally wouldn't. It's exactly the same thing. But it is, yes. It's, can, yeah, I ask you, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Um, so, is was this the first time in issue one? Was this the first time you've drawn Peacemaker? Yes, because your Peacemaker is great. Like, is he? It's like it's like God. like the way he doesn't like he doesn't like it's such a Nicholas Scott drawing, but the way he almost doesn't fit into his clothes, like he's right. this like full beefcake. Like here is me bulging out of it. Like it's so it's so great. Well, he. he, he He's one of those characters that it's like, I have no emotional connection to this character at all, yeah. but I get how amusing he is. Like, you know, I think I know more about him from the TV show, that hilarious TV show, than I do from, you know, any appearance that he's had in the comics. Because he's one of those characters that, you know, on first impression, for someone like me that didn't grow up reading the, char- the, the comics, 
I look at his look and I'm just like, what is, yeah. what is going on with that ridiculous helmet? That's so stupid. <laughs> um, and then you sort of come to love it because it's so, it, it is so stupid. It is so crazy, yeah. but you sort of legitimize it in, in a way that is deeply fun. It was like the first time I ever drew Big Barda. She was in my first arc of Birds of Prey, you know, a million years ago. And I remember saying to my editor, because I'd never drawn Big Barda before, I was like, what's going on up there? What is, is that <laughs> her helmet or is that hair? Like giant framed hair? Because depending on the artist, you know, th- that's how they draw hair sometimes. I, yeah. ju- I just couldn't work it out. And he, he said to me, oh God, do you know I've never thought about it before? I just assumed it was a helmet. <laughs> I was like, Okay, it's a helmet. All right. I, I don't get sure. it, but sure. And then as I was drawing her, I think probably the first couple of times, you know, I'm just diving down a, a, a rabbit hole now. But the first couple of times I drew her, I was like, oh, this doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense to me. And then I think sort of if I've committed to a bit, I will commit to the bit until the end of that arc. And then I will, you know, if there's a, an opportunity for costume change, I will then change the costume to sort of make it more what I think it should be, which is almost always closer to the original design, you know, because finally that uh, after having sort of worked on it a few times, I'm finally sort of at a point where it's like, oh, I get it now. I get what this is meant to be. I I get how this is meant to feel where, you know, with these characters that you sort of have have populated your history over decades, you kind of know exactly how they're meant to feel. It's just the getting it to feel right can be a little bit scary but you know yeah. for characters like like um you know our our titans team i think because of their sort of initial significant run and and design it was kind of easy to go back and say okay i know that there's been a million different versions of starfire since she was created but the original has a really particular face and she has yeah. a really particular body type and she has, you know, that enormous hair. And it's <laughs> like, okay, how do I, how do I sort of bring something modern to that? Because, you know, over the last sort of few iterations, she's had sort of really slick hair. And it's like, oh no, I'm, I miss the size of her hair. Um, but I can't give her an 80s poem. So yeah. what am I going to do? But we, but you, but you did try this in the, in the, um, <laughs> yeah. like it, so there's been many, many iterations that Nicola has done. Yeah, we did a few, thing. few like, stuff. I there were quite a few stuff. And there was some big hair in, in those. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. big hair, like I, if she doesn't have yeah. big hair, I don't know what's happening. And, and this, I just sort of felt like would be a bit more adult and practical, but also kind of a bit cool and a bit unexpected for her. Yeah. Like we have a scene at the end of issue two, which I'm I'm yet to start drawing, but I think she might let her hair out. <laughs> so right, we'll is this is this is this the scene with Donna Troy or the scene? No, this the sort of scene after that. This is the the final scene back at the tower. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So gotcha. I think I think yeah, you know not? when they're in their civvies, I haven't quite decided <laughs> yeah, what I'll do with her hair for that one. So we'll see. Right, we'll see. Cool. Good, good, good. Uh, I like how much time we spent talking about I stuff. Know, I waffle, waffle, waffle. That's good. Yep. Uh, we're supposed to talk about <laughs> yeah. uh, 
our actual current work and and like and what we're doing. Well, yeah, you're working on other things because I'm only working. Oh, yeah. So you talk about. Yeah. ah. Please tell me all about the other things that you've got going on, Mister Thomas. Uh, It's crazy. I'm doing too many. You are doing Uh, too many. No, obviously, I'm writing Nightwing, and we have Bruno Redondo is doing. uh, We're doing a POV issue. Oh, so an entire issue that's from Nightwing's POV. That's um, pretty fun. And we've changed the dimensions, so it's like three panels to a page and a double-page splash if we ever want to go big. Yep. Um, so that's cool. Um, but I am, like, just crazy excited about Titans and the fact that everyone, when this comes out, will have read Titans number I one. I know, right? Enjoy it's it. kind of terrible. Um, yeah. I, I apologize for killing someone in the first issue. That's quite the <laughs> it's quite it's the quite cliche. It's quite the but, thing um, to do. It is. It is. Bit, sorry. <laughs> but, you know. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a swerve. You'll you'll see. It'll all make sense yeah. in the end. Yeah. But yeah, but it is it's cool bringing in the Titans to be the premier superhero team of the DCU. Like putting them exactly where I think a lot of us have always thought they should be, and having the Justice League step aside for a while and put them in this massive place with this huge, ever growing sort of threat that they're going to be dealing with which we obviously can't talk too much about. Yeah. Um, but it launches something even bigger. So it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Well, yeah, there, there's um, something that happens in issue two. It, it, well, it's sort of the, the the crisis of the moment in issue two, but how I'm pretty sure it's Donna's line of dialogue who sort of connects these moments together. Suddenly the sort of scale of what is a growing, looming threat sort of reveals itself, well, sort of insinuates itself to be um, quite quite significant. Yeah. Um, it's quite a sort of Justice League level event. So I'm sort of, I'm very excited to sort of see how you continue to unfold it because that's kind yeah, of it half is- the fun of, of being an artist is being able to get the script early. <laughs> and, yeah. and sort of read through <laughs> and like go, okay, so where are we going? What are we doing? Who's yeah. dying? Who's letting the hair Who's there? Who's live? Who's yeah? Who's taking their hair out? What what is their hair going to look like? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It, and I think with the Titans, it's it's trying to find that balance of we do want them facing Justice League threats, but we also want to see them in cities, as you say. We want to see casual Titans in the tower sitting on a couch, as well as punching out Titano. Yeah, know? like it's well, yeah, they're, they're and the it's, things and, that make the Titans their team and not the Justice League. That's right. You know, the Justice League don't hang out casually. No, Batman, like, Batman is not going to sit around in his pajamas watching TV. Absolutely not. And, but yeah, this is, with Wally. Yeah, yeah, but this will, this will <laughs> definitely be the charm of, of this series. Seeing these adults kind of flatmate together is yeah. kind of really, <laughs> kind of really sweet. You know, how, yeah. how they're sort of deciding who, who's going to live there and who's not and why. You know, it's pretty logical. You know, they're sort of coming together again, like, oh, God, are we really going to live together again? This is going to be a lot. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> well, you know, while there's a dead body in the other room, let's, oh, let's sit watch TV. Let's watch TV. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Let's move boxes. I know. I'm, I'm writing it going, is this okay? Sure, why not? Well, in the other room on another floor. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah. 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 yeah that's certainly right. how I'm going to draw a different it. Room. So, I'll just yeah. clarify <laughs> with you right now that that's how it's going to roll, yep. roll down. Yeah. Good. I'm glad we had this conversation now, yeah, yeah, live for everybody else. Yeah, yeah before I start. So, yeah. um, what are uh, when you're sort of your sort of writing process? Is there anything that you think is unique to you uh, 
in terms of how, you know, either your approach to characterization or just your approach to your practical day? Uh, well, my practical day has no approach. I think that's fairly unique. I just go from panicked moment to panicked moment. <laughs> right. And I can go to bed at sort of 11 a.m. in the morning, having stayed up all night. Um, but then I often work in a cafe with other writers. I work with um, C.S. Picat, who's yeah. a kind of, like, very amazing author. And I work with Jay Kristoff, who's also a ridiculous, like both New York Times bestselling, incredibly wonderful people. And we like once a week, we all sit in a cafe together and we help each other out. And we, you know, and we nice. shoot the shit for a long time. We we talk a lot at the start and then we headphone up and like we just sit there for six hours so writing. So you do actually write. Some- You're not just. Oh, yeah, we write. Yeah, we write. We just sit and write. Like we sit there with three laptops and the, the, the cafe knows our orders and I've tipped heavily. Oh, you know? and, and like they bring us, you know, I walk in and they bring me my coffee and I sit down and we, we talk for an hour and a half usually. Yeah. And then every so often someone will put up their hand. And like, we'll all take the headphones off and we'll talk through a story problem within one of their books or one of, or Cat's comics or books and my comics. So they'll have helped out on Titans. You know, we've been away together and for a week and helped each other out with third acts. And, but also just, I think seeing someone across the table from you typing away, you're like, Oh, I should do that. Right. right. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it keeps you disciplined in a really strange way, but it's very supportive. Um, and just being able to do that is fantastic and having that sort of brain's trust. And the other one, and Gary Edwards as oh, well, yeah. you know, Gary. Yeah. Um, so I, I often meet with him on Mondays in the same cafe and we do the same that's thing. That's really nice. So I saw him yesterday and that's really lovely and it's a lot better than, you know, sitting by myself from sort of 11 o'clock at night through to the next day and seeing, saying hi to Beacon as she wakes up yeah, in the morning. Right. So, hey, how's your, how was your night? I don't know. How's your day going to – what are you doing today? I'm yeah. really impressed that um, you guys so, can write in that kind of distracting environment. Absolutely, and and much better than if I'm by myself. Like I get so much more done when I'm in that Is now. That- like we've been doing that for about three years, right. I think. Or you know, we started just before lockdown. So every time we come together, you know, it was weird. Every time there was a lockdown announced, we were always together. There was always that tap on our shoulder, like right, we're in each other's bubble. Right? put masks. <laughs> yeah, we need to put masks on now, and everybody out of the cafe, and you know, we. we I'll see you in maybe a month oh, or six shit. months, or you That's know, right. bye. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it, they've been great to have, and you know, such people with great stories, and it's great that they're both actually doing work for DC now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just by sitting there, that's fantastic. Like, hey, I can't fit this in. Can you? Oh, that's really fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you, 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 you're disciplined though, right? Well, you get up in the morning. And I you work. do, I do, because I used to be sort of, um, you know, like you, pretty loosey goosey with, uh, you know, my my timeline because I sort of I started you know, working nights when, if I was working days, you know, I was working in hospitality for, you know, a good long while as I was breaking into the business. And so it was really just whatever time I'm not working to make money, I'm working to produce comics. And, and I just sort of stayed like that even when sort of comics became my full-time thing until my husband and I started living together. And at the time he had a day job. And it was like, okay, if we're oh, going that to have that guy, uh, and I was like, <laughs> if we're ever going to give have, him a hug I for will, me after this, I will. Um, anytime where, uh, you know, if we're going to have any time together, you know, because we we're uh, uh, moving in together, we're about to get married in a few months, then we're, you know, newlyweds and all this kind of stuff. And I was working at DC Comics, and it's like, shit, you know, I've got to, I've got to sort of find some structure so that I'm. So that we can spend some time together. 
And so I sort of got into the habit and it really took a while to break in this sort of just that sort of muscle memory brain function routine of getting up early enough to sit at my desk at nine o'clock in the morning. And I think I started like, I'll wake up at eight (laughs) and start work at nine. (laughs) And eventually it got to, I'm getting up at six 30 so that I can get some exercise. I can have some breakfast. I can read my emails. I can, you know, faff around a bit. I can, you know, bust around that the house doing whatever needs doing. And then I can sit down and work at my desk from nine. (laughs) And And now, yeah, that's sort of become my structure. I try to take a day off once a week, but that is not normal. You know, I'm sort of, yeah, that's because we've, we've just had Easter and I did a convention the weekend before. It's like, okay, I'm not taking any days off this month so that I can catch up. And I certainly didn't take any days off except for like there was one writer that I worked with on birds of prey who stayed ahead of me. That's a lie. There were two writers. When I was working on Birds of Prey. That doesn't sound like Gail Simone. No, it wasn't Gail. Sorry, Gail. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> Sorry, Gail. It wasn't you. That'd be Gail. No, it was um, Sean McKeever yeah. and Tony Bedard. They were always ahead right. of me. And I, that was Go like again. the only time in my 17, 18 year plus time working at DC Comics where the writer has been ahead of me. Right. And <laughs> I've, I've got full scripts before I needed them. And it has been amazing. Cool. But during that time, I actually managed to take Sundays off. But otherwise, it was like seven days a week, eight, eight, eight yeah. to ten hours a day, depending. Yep. And thank yep. you, Thomas. You're staying ahead of me. I, I really appreciated it. I am staying You're ahead right. of you. Yeah. I'm still well, Brittany, ahead of you. our editor, amazing. has, set, has yeah. set quite a sort of um, long schedule. Uh, she's been very generous yeah. about uh, how we've scheduled out the issues, which has been good because I haven't really worked on a monthly book since Wonder Woman Year One. And, yeah. uh, it's been <laughs> to not be like, oh my god, I have to do twenty pages of another goddamn team book in four <laughs> weeks because that yeah. nearly killed me, and I'm just too old for that shit now. The amount of times I'm writing the script, I'm like, oh man, there's five people on this in this panel. Okay, I'm going to cut it to two and split uh, it over here. No, yeah. no, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes you know, you're you're directly sort of saying here's a person talking or here's a person talking to this person. Yes. And I'm like, yep. yeah, the whole team is in the room. And sometimes I feel yep. like it's really appropriate to sort of isolate that panel to those two people. That's but right. other times That's I'm just right. like, no, I think it makes sense that the whole team has got to be shown here. So, oh, God, here I go again. How many people? <laughs> like that, that scene that we were talking about before the beginning of issue two, the flashback. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, there's nine, nine characters. I know. <sighs> okay, breathe. I breathe, like the breathe. way you. I like the way you did that. Like it, the the splash page that's become like slightly more than yep. the splash page. It's like a splash page and a half. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was like you know, <laughs> like, enough, yeah, enough panels on on the second page yeah. where I was like, I can sort of move them over slightly. And, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. it's like suddenly, <laughs> not only I've I've got more than nine characters <laughs> happening. Yeah. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's give them a bit more space. Yes. Um. So. We are supposed to say what people haven't heard yet about this book or what, or hint at something. So what I will yeah, hint, hint at is that this is um, like, obviously the scale of this just continues to grow um, to the point where we have a very, very big plan, which we will see happen. And I can't hint at anything yet, but this Titans book launches a very big, big thing, which I imagine will be announced around San Diego Comic-Con time. Oh, sweet. 
Um, yeah, so it's it's going to grow and grow and grow. Um, so be reading this book <laughs> if you want, if you are a fan of DC at all. Like this is this is going to this is going to matter at the are end. Are you going to San Diego this year? Uh, I hope so. I haven't booked my tickets or anything. Are we're you going? going, but I haven't booked tickets yet. But we're, right, we're okay. committed um, to going. So we're equally, we haven't been yeah. since okay, yeah, I think 2019. I'm pretty, okay, I'll go because you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I'll go there. Let's do some yeah. panels and we'll, and we'll book together. tickets together. Yeah. Great. I will hug your husband and you, and we will we will sign together, and we'll yeah, and we will go out too late and say that we won't. Oh yeah. Oh yep. God, that's the only reason yep. to go. Is signing right. panels and going out. <laughs> Got to see people. This, that's is, right. this is our one social yes. opportunity of the year. Yeah, I'm glad that we could just make social engagements together, like on a on a podcast. That's yeah, great. see you all there, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see you there. Parties there, people. The Apparently, parties. Nicola and I are yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, hey, Nicola, yeah. I'm going to be really oh, natural sure. here. What are your thoughts on comic book characters taking over pop culture? Uh, I don't know that I've got super great thoughts. No, look, it's great. It's great that characters that we love are being re-found or introduced to general audiences. I think there is a, some real excitement in that to be able to share the things that we really love uh, with you know, more people, you know, that's always been exciting. Um, you know, for me, specifically with someone like Wonder Woman, she was feeling like a really old fashioned character for a long time that sort of everyone had like, had forgotten about. And sort of in the lead up to the film being released, I could sort of feel it in the couple of years leading up to that. It felt like people were starting to remember how, how important she was. And that was, like a really exciting wave to ride to be sort of you know part of that that process and and that sort of rediscovery and her becoming sort of part of the cultural lexicon again that was really exciting um you know the the bummer can be how uh social media can get a little toxic sometimes and well, i know what the internet? That's not a topic. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah my feed's actually it's a great place pretty, to be. Pretty, uh, I, I've I've trained my algorithm to be really, nice. really sweet. It's one of the sweetest people saying yeah. the sweetest things. That's nice. Teach me. Don't engage. <laughs> don't engage yeah. with anything that's negative. That's my that's one my golden rule. I just don't. Um, and so therefore, my feed tends to be pretty sweet. But um. Yeah, look, it's it's super exciting. How about for you? What are your thoughts? Uh, look, I I think I don't know. I just love it as a fan. It's it's great to see these things that I love that, as you say, was you know was small yeah. for a while, or it felt small. It felt like it was just it was a thing just yeah. for us. And I know some people are like, it should still be a thing for us. I'm like, no, look, join us, the rest of the world. I love going to going to conventions and seeing people cosplay as characters that they never would have 100%, cosplayed that's 20 really years fun. ago. Well, there wasn't really cosplay 20 years ago. Well, yeah, but seeing a group of people walk up in a f- as all the Titans. Yeah. You know, and it's, be- and it's not just because of movies. It's because of the TV shows. It's because of Titans yeah. Go. You know, like every kid has grown up with that. I've watched it with my kids for the last however long, five six seven years and and the titans yeah it's that. kind of amazing and, how titans go has so really sort of cemented those characters totally and and trying to find elements of that that we can bring to our series as well i know right? like like we've got to you can't ignore no. that and pretend that you know we'll just we'll only look to the to the 80s of you know for for our inspiration I'm like no, no you've got to cherry pick the you know, best we need to everything. harness some yeah. of this energy that's right 
you know, we need to, Cyborg and Beast Boy need to have a relationship like that. We need to we need to start seeing that. Um, so it's really yeah, it's great to be able to take that. But it is, you know, there's a lot of superheroes. I will say that it really is, <laughs> and it's hard to stick up with all of it. But I also think it's you know, it's a reflection of where we're at. It's it's there is a desire from the world, from readers, from viewers, from an audience to see good people doing good things at a time when there's a lot of corruption and a lot of people doing some stuff that we don't all agree with. It's so good to see people in spandex and capes saying, we just want to help. And I think there's a real desire to go, okay, I want to go to the movies and see cool people doing cool things and doing that for the right reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and sort of being able to, you know, even when the negative stuff pops up, sort of know, know where these characters that they that they sort of uh, uh, demand that they have the right opinion of, and then do the polar opposite yeah. of uh, their char- their favorite character in terms of how they conduct themselves. Um, it's it's nice to sort of feel really as a creator feel really sort of solid in your argument that you're not just sort of arguing on behalf of a favorite character. You're we're getting to actually shape those characters and reinforce that no no this is why this guy is a good guy this is why this guy is a bad guy yeah absolutely i I always find it really funny when anything online is you know saying oh this is terrible this is tom taylor putting his whatever (laughs) you're so woke i'm writing dick grayson i'm writing dick grayson like he does that i if if i'm writing harley quinn this doesn't happen if i'm writing the joker this doesn't happen exactly i'm writing dick grayson this is how he acts because this is this, how he would act. Exactly. You know, I've, we've studied the crap out of these characters for yeah. a very long time. And, and it needs to, yeah, they're not just my my mouthpiece. They are, this is, I have to find exactly how they'd act. It's the same with the Razo Gul book I just did with um, yeah, right. Ivan Rice. It's, um, you know, it's this full eco-terrorist book. And of course it is because yeah. it's Razo Gul. It yeah. makes complete sense to me. It makes it makes total sense. Batman is wrong and Raz is right in the in this book, you know, because that's it's written from his point of view and it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, look, it does make perfect sense. I think yes, there there are sort of really interesting takes to be had on sort of in particular someone like Batman who is a a really complicated character even even if in his most um sort of simplified and heroic manner, there's still something to be questioned about how he goes about being a person in the world, um, which is part of what makes him infinitely interesting a character to to continue to write stories about. Yeah, I will say before this is taken out of context, when I say Ra's al Ghul is right <laughs> and Batman is wrong, I mean in the comics. Yes. Like Ra's al Ghul believes the story he is you right. Are telling. I am not actually... I am not condoning the deaths of hundreds <laughs> slash thousands of people like happens I bet you in that are, book. I bet you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that's the thing. And I'll, I'll find out on Reddit <laughs> oh, later shit, on that yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you go into internet jail. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nicola and Tom, for this incredible episode. You can pick up Titans number two on Tuesday, June 20th at your local comic shop or wherever comics are sold online. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment, please rate and review this show and we'll see you next time on Dynamic Duos. <laughs>